Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad, and from his undisclosed location, we have Father Alex Scott. Father Alex, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to me. It's good. <laughs> we're going to have to start that over. No, no, we're good. I'm sorry. We're keeping all that. Um, okay. I'm, so, I'm delighted to be back. So um, today we are going to uh, do a little challenge, and um, we're typing into Google, why are Catholic priests, and then we're kind of leaving it there and um, seeing what Google, what the top uh, things people have searched for with why are Catholic priests. And um, as you can probably uh, imagine, the first one is um, the most common, and it appears like five times on this list, which is why are Catholic priests celibate? Or why are Catholic priests yes, not allowed to marry? Question. Why are Catholic priests not married? Why are Catholic priests not allowed to get married? So, why are Catholic priests celibate, Father Alec? Answer Google's question. Very. It's a. It's a. It's a beautiful question. It's. It's not as complicated a question as as I think some people um, would make it. But there are many different reasons for it. Um, we have a Catholic Bites podcast that is covering this topic completely. So I'm going to give you just what I think is the most fundamental. Um, reason, uh, and that is that priests seek to emulate Christ in everything that they do, and we stand in the person of Christ, and in emulating him, and, and uh, we emulate his, his, uh, his pastoral heart, and of course Christ himself uh, did not take a wife during his earthly ministry, and so that is one very fundamental reason. Not the only reason, but one very fundamental reason why priests traditionally practice the exercise of celibacy. Yeah, exactly, and that as you mentioned, we have another podcast on that that should be coming out around the same time as this one. So hopefully that will be a... So listen to that one. Yeah, or and I'm sure there's some way in the archives too. Um, okay, the next one I think we have a lot more to say about, even though it's like trivial. Why are Catholic priests clean-shaven? Father Alec, are you clean-shaven right now? I am clean-shaven and always clean-shaven and, and uh, a proponent of the clean-shaven look. <laughs> despite it being not very popular, even among priests right now. I know, yeah. No, there's a lot of priests I know with beards. And um, and there's some religious orders that seem to have like really ridiculous beards, like the um, Franciscan Friars of the Renewal or the Capuchins sure. historically. But why does this question yeah. even come up? Like that this is like after celibacy, like the next question boggles my mind. Like, Yeah, I agree. I would have not thought that people would have identified priests as clean shaven. I wonder where that that uh, picture comes from um, in the modern age. I know, and we're going to talk about some of the historical precedences, but um, if anyone was asking, it was thinking like, this is an actual requirement, um, you know, let's lay our mind at, re at rest in case you have a bearded priest. You're not required to be clean-shaven to be a Catholic priest. Yeah, and exactly. The, the, it comes from, it's, it's in the code of the 1917 Pio Benedictine Code of Canon Law, um, which do you have the do you have the quote or are we just going? No, I don't going, have I don't have the quote. But um, well, actually, I do have the quote. Hang on, here it is. Let's see. But it's not specifically about beards. Um, what does it say? Oh yeah, okay. Um, it did require it required. It's not a direct quote. It required clerics to have a simple hairstyle without specifically forbidding beards. But many bishops enforced the law more strictly. So like I think that makes sense to me. Like this idea of a certain sobriety, a certain like not having too many affectations, but allowing like allowing Christ to shine through you as opposed to like drawing attention to yourself, having a little bit more humility. Like that, that makes sense to me. Yes. No, I, I completely understand. And 
Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not for priests necessarily being like anti, you know, anti the modern fashion of the day. Um, obviously, some religious orders uh, take very, very kind of that very close to heart with their habits and their their styles of dress and such. We did one on tonsure. This kind of speaks to that a little bit too. If mm-hmm. you want to another plug for one of our our past ones, tonsure, the cutting away of some of the hair. Um, but yeah, I mean that that makes sense, right? You, that's something you'd expect to find in the code of canon law is that priests should be you know generally well kept. You can think of other organizations, you know, the military, um, the Swiss Guard, uh, paramilitary organizations. So basically, the military. Um, <laughs> you know, they they New York, the New York Yankees, the New York Yankees, the New York Yankees. Yep, there's a professionalism that comes with that, right? Um, and I, th- I think that's it's always been a famous yeah, one. And it's it's something that it's it's about. Um, yeah, just not drawing too much attention to yourself, but having a clean, professional look. And, th- and there is something like, uh, we had a, a priest in seminary who used to say all the time, like, you got to be a bridge, not a barrier, right? And like, so if you have like this crazy scraggly beard, that sometimes that could like make people a little, I don't know, uh, weirded out or something like that. But on the other hand, I know a yeah. lot of really good priests who have like pretty epic beards. Crazy I know, beards. I know some beads that be- priests that have really, really ugly beards, but um, like... Uh, but I, oh, no, I'm not gonna call out names here. But uh, um, but like, <laughs> and they're good priests, you know. But it's it's kind of funny that this is the thing that people are asking about. Yes, and so just a couple other things to put in people's minds. Uh, there are traditionally there have been several synods that have spoken to this in the church. Um, never obviously authoritative with like a dogmatic teaching. Um, but they should not. But some some reasons why um, priests were not told to wear beards is that they should not wear flowing beards like goats. So I suppose it was, it was thought like kind of bestial, nor should they allow their hair on the upper lip to impede the drinking of the chalice, which is interesting, yeah, um, but there are other ways to avoid that just by, you know, drinking more carefully. And then on top of that, I know that uh, certain reformers uh, saw a break with Rome. Uh, one of the symbols of a break with Rome and a break with celibate tradition uh, was to grow a beard and sort of cast off that clean-shaven priest look. So there was a bit of a cleaving in the uh, in the Reformation counter Reformation time, the 16th century, uh, in which it would have been more likely in in Europe at least for priests to have been clean-shaven and the reformers to wear beards. But it we, it you, rolls around a lot. Yeah, you know that's interesting though. Now that I think about it, there's um. There's something very Roman about being clean shaven, not like Roman Catholic, but just Roman Roman. Like that Roman For culture, sure. you always had the emperors were always clean shaven and had short haircuts and were very sober and kind of military looking. And um, and absolutely the, the Greek side of the emperor empire had many more beards and and it was much more of a, a different kind of side of things. And that's why Greek priests tend to wear beards and Still um, have Catholic beards. priests tend to not. Which I think it reflects in some sense that deeper distinction between Greek culture and Roman culture. So maybe this question is more like compared to the Eastern, maybe people are experienced yeah. with other priests, why why are Catholic priests green shaven? Which is maybe a more nuanced way to ask the question. But um, yeah, that's a lot of information for an answer that's basically like, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do one more. Um, why are Catholic priests called father? Why are Catholic priests called Father, that's a great question. Um, let me give you a kind of a said, or not a said contra, but a, um, an objection into mystic form. Um, it is exp- 
expressly stated in the Gospels that you should call no man father, um, also master, um, call no one good, etc., etc., because you have one God, one Father in God, and we're all brothers and sisters, which is something, of course, that we take to be true and important. So, Father Conrad, conscious of that statement, and certainly there are some people that give us heat for that that kind of uh, apparent contradiction. Why are Catholic priests called Father? Yeah, it's a good question, and it's one that I think we we. Um we have to we have to look at the fuller biblical context too. Like Saint Paul talks about, uh, you know, that we we are called father, and he's talking not just about priests but about men that are called father in general because they share in some sense, they participate in some sense in the fatherhood of God. You know that that we understand and know about God's fatherhood partially by looking at these men in our lives who have cared for and and guided and led us. You know. And he says, from, from whom God the Father, from whom all paternity comes. You know, that this, there's, this, yeah. there's this sharing or participation, co-creating even uh, with the Father that comes from biological fathers. And it's the same thing with Catholic uh, priests, because though we don't uh, participate in the physical co-creation with God of a new human soul, um, which is what giving birth is, you know, uh, it's Catholic priests are fathers in the spiritual sense in a real way, that they help give birth with God. Uh, they're instruments through which God gives birth to, to, to new souls redeemed by Christ and brought to heaven. And so there's, there's a real paternity there. There's a real relationship of paternity between a priest and his, his children, his spiritual children. And uh, I, think, I, I think that's the real reason. I mean, there's also, it's, it's, it's an ancient tradition of the church. You know, the earliest bishops were called father. They were called, that's where the word pope comes from. It comes from the, the yep. word papa, uh, which is father, you know. So there's this, there's this ancient connection to it as well. But it's, it's because a priest, just like a human father, is a father. Um, it doesn't take away sure. from the paternity of God, but it points towards it, or it should point towards it. Exactly. Think? And I think that the, the danger, of course, with, with that, what Christ is warning us against is sort of setting up idols contrary to God, having masters and fathers and all these things that reference to God. Um, and God is our Father, right? That's how he reveals himself mm-hmm. in the Our Father, in, in, you know, in this very, this Christ ex- explains to us, gives to us this prayer in which God is revealed as Father. And we need fathers in our in our world and are able to be to, to be able to understand what that fatherhood is, right? Our, our natural fathers are our first touch point, but spiritual fathers, and they don't necessarily have to be priests to be to, to exert some sort of spiritual fatherhood. But in a special way, the priest exerts spiritual fatherhood, and hopefully, um, you know, when priests are doing their job, our spiritual fatherhood does not obscure at all from the fatherhood of God, but in fact points to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think the Lord in that now my state, computer's go ahead go ahead no no you go ahead go ahead no no go ahead okay <laughs> I was saying my computer's slightly more advanced than yours so I have a couple more results they're they're sort of rehashes but I got I got one more that maybe okay, do it. people are people think about so why are Catholic priests transferred Transfer. I like this question because I can imagine you know some some weepy eyed parishioners I maybe in my in my fantasies whatever after your priest gets transferred. Thinking like, oh no, we can't live without him, you know, and then going to Google why this happens, so they can write an angry letter. But Con- Father Conrad, why would you say Catholic priests are transferred? Because yeah, yeah, priests are transferred because I I think the the biggest reason. I, now, the, how much they should be transferred or not is one thing, but I think one of the biggest reasons is because um, because it's not primarily about the priest; it's about Jesus Christ working through him and. 
The priest yes. goes where he's called to go, where he, he, he's needed to serve. And it's not about my little kingdom and my people, although we love the people we're assigned to, and it is very difficult for the priest as well as for the people to be transferred. But there's a real dying to yourself and saying, okay, Lord, you put me wherever you want me to be, and that's where I'll, that's where I'll serve, and that's where I'll be a priest because I'm obedient and, and I want to serve Christ. I think that's 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 so important, and and of course there are times where priests are out of parish for a very long time, and sometimes that is one hundred percent absolutely the necessary thing that has to happen, depending on circumstance. So this is not an endorsement of anybody's transfer policies, but I think it is a reminder to us when when someone we love is transferred that look, this is something that points to um, it points to Christ, and even really good things like big wonderful personalities of priests who you love and care about, we never want those things to get in the way of, of Christ. And exactly. it's not to say that has to happen, but, but uh, you know, exposing people to various priests is definitely a good way to, uh, to, to help safeguard that process. Great. And with that, we are going to have to uh, end this podcast, and people might get weepy and teary-eyed at that as well. Um, but I'm it's sure. okay. It's only about Jesus. That's what it's about. So it's thank only about you. Jesus. And <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening to um, uh, Catholic Bites. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Just search for Catholic Bites. That's Bites with a Y. Or you can find us at CatholicBitesPodcast.com. Thank you, and God bless you.